All right, go back on a flashback with me. It's a fairly warm evening, and we're exploring my in-law's old farmhouse. Now, being out in the country somewhere, we're talking like where cell phone service is really spotty, and the buzzing that you hear doesn't come from traffic so much as from mosquitoes or livestock. But still, going out and visiting these places always gives me this enjoyable sense of nostalgia. And that day, as my eight-year-old son and I, you know, we walked along and we passed a few hay bales and the scorched remains of a burn pile. The smell of the country air and an occasional whiff of a cow patty permeated all around us. Still, I couldn't help but thinking, you know, country living, it was pretty good. Uh, it could be spoiled by an occasional misstep, but hey, as we know, if you grew up out here, it can be fixed with a good boot scraping on the edge of some steps. Anyways, we walk along and I look at a chicken coop and I have these visions of my wife growing up on this farm and going to collect the eggs, having fun, riding ATVs. We had somewhat of a similar story here in the countryside because later we'd find out we grew up within about uh, five, eight miles of each other. And it reminded me that it's true life and happiness can be really, really simple. If we have good health, a loving circle of friends and family, and we take the time to enjoy the moment, well, it's pretty good. And this was one of those rare days where I had them all. So as we walked, we bantered back and forth and we continued to approach the uh, edge of some woods and we right when we reach him we kind of veer to the left and we walk along the line and I'm fully aware at the time that you know what we're talking about is nothing really of substance but yet it's still everything and time passes until finally the sun starts dipping below the tree line and I know it soon we're going to be in pitch dark and certainly before we get back to the house it's going to be pretty hard to see. So start heading back, picking up the pace a little bit. But as we do, my son and I kind of turn our heads towards the woods because we hear these scratching sounds and the rustling of branches nearby. And I watch, amused, as Colin quickly darts on the other side of me. So now I'm the one that's closest to the woods. And I have to admit, they do you know, feel a lot more sinister than they did a couple minutes ago when it was a lot brighter. And as he moves, Colin, he grabs my hand and he clutches it tightly. And I come to think of it, I think that's the last time I recall him doing this. But anyway, at the time, I just chuckle. What? He said to me, pretty genuinely too. Dad, I have my whole life ahead of me. This kid's eight years old. So I lost it. I'm cracking up because this is just brutal honesty. And I'm thinking of the classic Shakespeare line, et tu, Brute, et tu. As a dad, it seemed as if I had a lot of work left to do. Because this kid, he was going to feed me to the wolves. Flash forward to last week. My wife and I were talking with four other couples. And the question came up, have you ever felt like a failure? Oh yeah, one woman said almost immediately. We all turned towards her as she was adding, absolutely, as a parent. I looked around the room and everybody was nodding. And at that point, I immediately pictured my own kids, you know, all of them and the blended family that we're in and how blessed they make me feel when they're always, always conscientious enough 
to leave me a drop of milk or one last squirt of ketchup for that lone french fry that I get with my takeout meals by leaving that last single toilet paper square to handle the burrito that I had the night before. And how, again, blessed about always leaving the lights on in the pantry or the laundry room so I don't stub my toe because you know how clumsy us old folks can be. And finally, perhaps the single greatest way in which my kids make me feel like the best parent who ever lived, if I do say so myself. It's when they display great patience as they lecture my wife and I time and time again about how they are quite capable adults. If we set aside the rather trivial facts that mom and I pay for their cell phones and their car insurance, cable, eh, internet, clothing, activities, school fees, and food and shelter. And I, I don't know why I can't remember that, but thankfully they do. Yes, those thoughts went through my head in less than five seconds. And I realized my question to this group about feeling like a failure, uh, it unintentionally opened a can of worms because I hadn't foreseen this response. And as I kept observing each face in the room, these parents, albeit with children at different ages, I surmised that all of the childless people I knew who were definitely not in this room, they were likely partying or exploring love in all of its forms or resting comfortably in whatever way they were choosing. And I thought, hey, I want to party. You know, children are a funny and ironic topic. They're source material for comedians that make crowds howl and shared pain as well as endless streams of money for therapists and sessions where we parents, we question what went wrong since we are perfect role models, weren't we? Aren't we? Even now, I think about in my first marriage, okay, maybe I wasn't. Uh, I would often react to conflict by withdrawing from the situation. Some people may call it the silent treatment. Uh, my reasoning, okay, I 100% felt like if I spoke, I would make the situation worse. And why would I do that? Because that is stupid. So better to not add fuel to the fire. And then decoding my personality after our divorce made me discover that even though both of these statements are true, that I would make the situation worse, and it was silent treatment, avoiding that conflict didn't really improve anything. And the byproduct of my tactic, I'm the one responsible for two biological children that don't really understand the concept that conflict is inevitable, but actually can be very, very healthy if handled correctly which means sticking it out, one of you trying to stay rational and healthy and figuring out what your differences are and how you can compromise and grow. And I'm doing a much better job at showing how loving conflict is possible now, but it takes practice, that's for sure. And as of this moment, though, I did fail at this very important teaching opportunity. So I do hope that I have time to fix it. If my window of influence is over though, and I'm too late, ugh, not good. Maybe my kids will do better with their kids. 
So as I've kind of ranted here for a minute, I want to share that originally I titled this podcast episode, Children, Small Blessings, and I mean really small, because that's the way I've been feeling lately. Too sorry for myself and wondering if I'm so much in tune with my feelings that I'm experiencing turning into a grumpy old man in the way I once went through puberty, which is this physical, chemical, and emotional change that comes about at a certain point in life. And as I jotted down thoughts on what to talk about, I know, genuinely and deep down, I know that children really are blessings. And it's just this temporary funk I'm in. Because I still can't help but smile when I hear my grandson laugh his now one-year-old raspy, wheezy laugh. It cracks me up. And I do beam with pride when a daughter whom I wondered if she would ever get it, she buckled down and she sought a second job so she can keep trying to make it on her own. Because whether she knows it or not, she's embodying her mother's determination. And we'll see how the next couple go as they try to figure out what they want to do with their life. Anyway, back to the parents from last week. I can still sense the emotions that were flowing through them. I could see the love and the fear and the hope manifesting itself as flushed faces and their trembling voices when they spoke about feeling like a failure as a parent, and I understand their pain. So to my kids though, look, we old farts, all right? We may be confident with our advice or successful with our current position in life, But our tough exterior, at least occasionally, it covers up a much less confident person underneath. Because much of a parent or a guardian's success is defined by the person their child becomes. And I had no clue that I was the measuring stick to which my parents compared themselves. The way in which they would grade themselves as they evaluated how successful their life as a parent had been. And I'm not just talking about biological parents. I mean, grandparents and adoptive, you know, foster parents and aunts and uncles and really anyone that influences one. I know people that the best parental figure that they had was a big brother, big sister. We're talking about anyone who deals with youth or has an impact on even mentoring a young adult. They can be frustrating at times and crazy and and I look back now and I'm thinking man I I just feel like I had such a better work ethic and a better head on my shoulders and was more disciplined and more grateful but I'm actually not sure that's like what do they call it uh revisionist history I think or another thing I was listening to the other day where we're just not reliable narrators I'm thinking maybe I was worse than I thought. Maybe I wasn't as clean as I keep telling everybody I was. All right, for everyone else, listen. I just wonder in general, have you felt like a failure at some point? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine someone not feeling that way sometime, especially if you're ambitious and you are trying to achieve things or get better at things. You know, that's the point. We push ourselves to a to a part at which we plateau and then we get frustrated and we have to you know, keep going at it to become even better. I really love this quote Thomas Edison said. He did a wonderful job demonstrating his knack of seeing the silver lining when he said, I've never failed. 
I've simply found 10,000 ways that won't work. And that mirrors my view on a lot of topics, including parenting, right? We're untrained scientists. We take different approaches with the same voluntary challenge we chose while raising children in a world much different than our own. But isn't that the same scenario our own parents once had with us and their parents had with them? And if we're going to feel like failures, we can fail forward, can't we? As all of this kind of settled on me and I absorbed what we talked about in this in this group setting that, you know, crossing our fingers and praying and hoping that one day our children would turn out just as fantastic as we have, is that no matter how many shoes I pick up or cups I put in the dishwasher or socks and underwear that go missing and somehow get stretched out or dirty, even though my oldest son swears he doesn't take them, even if I'm staring at the socks on his feet while he's telling me this, it's still all worth it for one hug, or one smile, or one word of appreciation like thanks. And I don't hear it often, but when I do, no child of mine would have to move me between themselves and the big bad wolf in the forest. I'd gladly step in front of the monster on my own. I mean, they have their whole life ahead of them, you know. And I don't want to spoil the fun they'll have as parents anyway. <laughs>